Katie. I'm Erica. And this this is is Book Talk. Welcome to Book Talk. Welcome to Book Talk. Book Talk is a weekly podcast where we read a section of a book and then we chat about it with you on Sunday nights. This is our first episode of Transcendent Kingdom by Yeah Jesse, and I'm so excited to talk about it. I feel like I probably say that every week, but I'm I am really excited to talk about it. I think I'm always really excited to talk about whatever it is that we're reading. So in this first section, um, we meet our characters, Gifty and her mom first. Gifty's mom is struggling with depression again and ends up coming to live with her while she's a, I believe, sixth year PhD student like our beloved Erica. Um, we learn a little bit about her brother, Nana, and how they how the family immigrated to America when Gifty and Nana were really young. We hear some stories of the family struggles when they got here, like the evil Mr. Thomas, um, and of her and her brother finding their way as loud little kids. We get to know Gifty a little bit more in this section, what she studies, what she thinks about, how she ended up here studying neuroscience and mice, and a little bit more about her brother, and then his really sad eventual overdose due to heroin. So, We got to know um, a lot about these characters and this little family in this first section, and I already love them. What did you think of the first part? I also love this family. I feel for Gifty. I think um, she's particularly relatable to me, although I will say, first of all, I'm not a sixth-year PhD student yet. I'm a fifth-year PhD student. When do you turn to your sixth year? Like next month? No, next. This is my fifth year. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I thought as long as your sixth year. (laughs) My bad. But yeah, I really like it. It's so different than homegoing. So I've talked about homegoing. um, Yaw's first like super smash success. And I'm glad that she didn't try to replicate it. So homegoing was like an anthology of this massive family tree where you're like learning about each character in each chapter and here we're really just staying with Gifty and learning um, about her family as she gives us piece by piece. I really appreciate that Yaw has pushed herself to try a new format because Homegoing was so successful. It's easy just to stick with what you know but trying to get a little bit out of the box really shows like her depth as a writer And I like when we get to, especially in the beginning, learn about a family from our main character's perspective. Um, And I think we've read a lot of books recently. Maybe not a lot, but I've read a couple books recently where it kind of skips between perspectives. So it's kind of refreshing to see see the world through Gifty's eyes and kind of be inside her brain as she's trying to figure it out as a kid and then now as an adult. I also really love the sections where we read Gifty's journal when she was younger that she was writing to God. Just so sweet and so endearing and such a contrast to how Gifty feels now in relation to religion and also like kind of a belief that everything will work out okay. She's clearly had a lot happen. So we know her brother has overdosed at this point and we know sort of the timeline of that, but we don't know what happens to her dad, who's clearly not around, but it's not clear why. Yeah, I like how I like when books do this in the beginning, too, where there's like a lot of heavy foreshadowing. Like we know that there was this like happy family foursome that was you know living together and they were working and they were doing OK. And 
you know, by all accounts, it seems that they're happy. They're making it work and they seem like well adjusted. And then we know that at the end of this, it's her and her mom and her mom is not okay. And so there's a lot to fill in. And I feel like it just leaves you wanting to know more right from the very beginning. I want to read this book and figure out what happened to this happy little family um, and how she kind of, what of the way that it happened made her kind of change her worldview. And then is she stuck in that or is she still kind of working through it where she's at now? I think that we start to see a little bit more who Gifty is. And even though this family seems happy on, you know, happy on the outside and happy in their life, we can see that they're still really struggling um, after they immigrate here, which makes sense um, as they're both kind of trying to find work and find their way. And I think we see how Gifty starts struggling kind of in a different way, which is this kind of striving towards perfectionism. And, you know, she says that she ends up being like the quintessential cliche immigrant story without having the oppressive parents, but there's still this kind of pressure. I feel like that she's dealing with, or maybe did deal with whether it's because of her brother or because of their new life here. Um, and one quote I loved that she said was, I would always have something to prove and that nothing but blazing brilliance would be enough to prove it, which is just like a lot of pressure to put on yourself. You know, like the only thing that will prove to them that I'm, you know, worth being here and taking up space is like blazing brilliance, which I just thought was really powerful. So freaking relatable. Oh, my gosh. I love this part, too, where she's talking about like the desire to stand out and make something of herself through this over emphasis on intelligence like how she picked neuroscience in particular because it's so impenetrable and difficult and that if she could conquer it you know she would get something at the end yes I also think she's kind of running away from something at that point as well she's like there will be no room left for me to like feel emotions or to do anything so I'm going to pick the hardest field because I want it to be hard. So it feels almost like she's either punishing herself or throwing herself into something that will consume her with its difficulty so she doesn't have to truly like face anything else. Did you get that kind of vibe too? Absolutely. There's a popular um, theme going around self-help TikTok these days about am I actually processing this trauma or this experience or am I just over intellectualizing my emotions and I think she's approaching this study of addiction because in her mind if she understands what happens to her brother then maybe she can process it when it's sort of like that approach of like can I just intellectualize and put words to what happened to my brother and find a way maybe to fix addiction in others if I really understand like the neural mechanisms behind this when really what she needs to do is process the feelings instead of just trying to like cognitively understand literally cognitively understand it because she's like really thinking what part of the brain was causing this in my you know in my perfect brother who she was so close to Oh, she loved him so much. But yeah, I think it is one of those things where you just emotions are not things, feelings like that, big feelings like grief are not things that we can understand with logic. But it's so tempting because especially people who are, you know, more intellectually inclined or that's what they've kind of spent their life doing. I feel like it's much easier if you can reason it away and you can explain it and then you can understand it, but you can't like explain or understand grief. And so at some point, the emotions of that are going to come up on their own, even if she, maybe when she 
figures out more about, you know, how these neurons or whatever work. We know that Gifty's mom is suffering from serious depression, it seems like. We have this dichotomy of Gifty in Ghana with her aunt telling her, like, that man is crazy. And her mom sort of not accepting that what she's going through is, like, serious depression or what she has is a form of really serious depression. And I just found that section so fascinating because... It's easy to recognize sometimes on paper, like, oh, those are the symptoms of anxiety, but I'm just, like, worried. And you're like, no, (laughs) like, you have anxiety. It's like, no, but no, 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 I, I understand. People who have anxiety are, like, stressed out all the time and they're, like, obsessing about what could go wrong, but I'm, like, planning for what could go wrong. And you're like, yeah. That's called anxiety. It's just so funny. Like I got I had this experience with imposter syndrome where it was like, I know what imposter syndrome is, but I'm actually the one who snuck into my PhD program and I'm going to be found out at any point. And they're going to kick me out. And it's like one day I was just like, oh, no, that literally is what it is. But it's so hard to see it when it's yourself. And like her mom so clearly has depression. She like cannot get out of bed for a year she's not speaking she's like barely eating but it seems like even her aunt it can recognize mental illness in others but can't recognize it in her sister once you admit or put words to that someone that you know is struggling with something or is going through something then you have to deal with it then you have to do something about it you have to admit that it's real and then you have to take everything that comes with it and I feel like the longer she can pretend like it's not happening. She doesn't have to deal with it. And I think as people who are like, well, that's anxiety, but this is just me being a very caring person or whatever is like us thinking, like putting ourselves at the center, almost thinking that we're the invincible ones or we're really the exception. Like we're, that's everybody else, but this is me, which I think is very interesting. She's like, everyone else has depression, but I am just, I it's, I'd be interested to see what her mom thinks she has going on because it's like, Hey, you're not getting out of bed. You're not speaking. You're not eating. Even if you're religious, I feel like this also kind of shows the dichotomy between being really religious and like believing in the science of mental illness that it can't just be kind of cured with prayer as she's saying. But it's like the best examples I think of religion are ones where they're like, we believe in, you know, in religion, but we believe that also God is in these people and in these doctors and in these scientists, and they're using their gifts and talents to help other humans. So it's not like they don't have to be one or the other. So it's interesting to read about her mom kind of deciding that it is one or the other, that she, because she's religious and feels like it can be solved with prayer, that, that science, you know, God is the only science. I think she says to Gifty at one point, the only science we need, but I always find that interesting. I like the argument that it's like God has also planted all these doctors and scientists. Also, our generation were just much more willing, I think, to look at certain mental illnesses. I think we're much more open to like anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. at least. Maybe not the full spectrum of mental illness, but we're at least more open about it it's not as shameful to be on medication it's not as shameful to talk about anxiety um and I think that that's helping whereas our parents I mean my parents generation 
never would talk about it. It was just extremely shameful. And it was sort of like, just pick yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So just figure it out. Yeah. I wonder what is going to happen in the rest of the book, because essentially the, like, it doesn't seem like we're going to be jumping around timelines. We're clearly at Stanford. Her mom, her brother has passed. Her dad is out of the picture and her mom is staying with her. So it feels like the majority of the plot is behind us. So I'm really interested to see what is coming next, like what her mom and Gifty are going to go through. Yeah, I kind of get the vibe. It's going to be kind of like Memorial um, where a lot of the things have happened in the past, but it's really the family's kind of reckoning with what has gone on and they're processing it in real time. Um, But I obviously feel like there's still a lot I want to know about what happened. So it's interesting. I wonder if there's a word for that where like the plot, you're in present time and just like kind of flashbacks or thinking or processing it. Um, But it's not in a way that's like told in like a thriller where like you don't know the next thing that's going to happen. It's like told like a story to somebody. But I like it when it's written like that. Also got a lot of um, crying in H Mart vibes with her and her mom and just that like reversal of caring for her and her mom eats one can of soup and she's like, let me buy 50 more cans of the same kind of soup that I think that she'll eat. I was like, so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that was sweet. On page seven, there's a great quote, which is a section from the book Walden. And it's one that she said she highlighted. It says, not till we are lost, in other words, not till we have lost the world, do we begin to find ourselves and realize where we are and the infinite extent of our relations. I think that's a pretty good metaphor for what what we're about to go through. I think Gifty and her mom have pretty much lost everything. And they're at this point where they're going to try and find themselves and put their relationship back together. I'm excited to read that. It sounds very nice. <laughs> I hope it works out. What did me do? What after you read her first book Homegoing, did you get did you leave the book with a feeling that like everything was okay or did you leave the book with a feeling like, you know, you had quote gone through the blender end quote. Definitely a gone through the blender book. It's the story of two sisters and there's very different outcomes for different family lines and definitely different outcomes for different characters. So some characters end in tragedy. Some characters find their way. I don't want to spoil the ending too much, but it definitely like it had an amazing way of like tying the bow with this like really epic family story. So she did a great job of like threading all of these stories together. So I imagine that this story also will be kind of satisfying the way it weaves everything together in the end. Mm-hmm. I hope. We'll see. Love that. <laughs> we shall see. Next week in Transcendent Kingdom, we are going to read chapters 14 through 25, pages 66 through 129. Great. Yay, talk talk.
You know, I cut that out every single time you do it. And you every single time you still do it. <laughs> okay. Well, I hate you. Okay. It's not like a, it's more like an impulse. Like I just have to do it whether you cut it out or not. That's rude. One time you left it in. One time. One time. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Hello. How are you? I mean, I've been better. But I'm okay. I had pizza for dinner. It was delicious. Mm, pizza for dinner. Yeah, this whole week has been me trying to convince Jason that we don't have any food and we like must eat out and him being like, I'll find something to cook. Here's some carrots and Brussels for you. I'm like, no, this is I'm saying we should eat out because I don't want to eat this. That's so funny. I, want I don't want to eat the food that we have. Yeah, like I don't want this healthy shit. I want a pizza. But then he cooks it, so I can't argue. I did finish a book recently. I finished uh, Circe. I kind of want to call it Circe, but I don't think that's how you say it. I think it's Circe. Okay. And raving reviews? Uh, not so raving. I really, really liked it in the beginning, but I thought it kind of dragged towards the middle. And then the mm. end was pretty exciting, but then the end was so fast. Like, so much... There was so much interesting stuff in, like, the that. last three chapters. I'm like, whoa, 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 rewind, delete, expand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate when they get that part wrong. Like, when you're like, wait, we, I wish I had more in the beginning and the end, but this whole middle was, like, a struggle just to get through so I could get to this ending. Like, exactly. what? why? Yeah. But I loved it because I – a lot of the – I don't know these myths that well. It was a lot of, like – Helios and Zeus and the Olympians and the Titans and I'm like uh, I kind of know this stuff but Odysseus was a mate like one of the featured characters and I've read the Odyssey um in the Iliad so like forever ago um but it's all imagined and like realized these characters are all like very fully formed and it's super fascinating to read about them with these like full lives that she gives them so I thought it was really good. I'm going to read uh, Song of Achilles at some point as soon as it's off the hold shelf at my library. I'm going to read it at some point because I feel like both of these books, everybody is talking about. They're everywhere. Also, my friend David said that he would send me Song of Achilles and he didn't. So excuse me if you're listening. Knock, knock. Please send that to me and then I'll read it. I read a book this week, too, um, because I didn't pick up Transcendent Kingdom for a couple of days. So I took a book with me on our long drive. Not that I've ever read in a car, but um, it was called Very Sincerely Yours. And I randomly picked it up at Bookloft because it, was, it just looked cute and it was like on the must read fiction shelf. And I was like, perfect, done. And I read it this weekend and it was good. It was cute, like a cute little rom-com, but it was so weird. I don't know if I've ever noticed this in a book before. And most books are not based in Columbus. Like, so I kind of want to know what you think about this based in New York, but I feel like she mentioned everything by the full name. So she'd be like, Eleanor and me went out to see a show at the Wexner Center for the Arts. <laughs> like, we walked down into the short north, the arts district into like, just like very, very specific. Like instead of just being like, he grabbed my hand and we got a cup of coffee. It was like, he grabbed my hand. We walked into German village coffee shop on Thurman Avenue. And I was just like, this is like really freaking me out. Like it's so specific. And it's also just feels like almost forced. I feel like part of it, like if she was just talking about the character and she was like, he went to Columbus College of Art and Design. She did that. I'm like, okay, I get it. We always mention what college characters go to. Like, that's not unusual. It was just like, 
I mean, probably four landmarks a, a chapter. <laughs> it's just so much. It's also so. Is she from Columbus? Apparently, her bio just says living in the middle of Ohio. So I would say yeah. It's weird though because that's that would cue me in that the author had done their research about Columbus but didn't actually live there if they didn't just call it like Wexner the like, Wex yeah or the Wex literally the Wex like we're going to the Wexner Center of the Arts you'd be like what <laughs> right like I feel like yes like Jared who works there is always like do you want to see the show put it on the Wex I'm like yes perfect but even so like I still feel like even if you had done your research it's I think it comes across better when you do it every once in a while with small notable things like you're naming the Hungarian cafe but you're not naming like everything and then it would make me feel like you weren't just trying to name drop every Columbus landmark which I'm here for but it was just like too much it was weird but the story itself was was sweet so you know like 2.5 out of 5 so two meh reviews for you all (laughs) Which leads me to what I was going to say earlier, which is my mom called me tonight and she was like, we read a lot of the same books and we share a Kindle account. So rarely is she not already reading something that I'm reading. And she was like, I need a really good, like, can't put it down book, like educated or where the crawdad sings. I think that's just like so different and so good. And I was like, I don't have anything for you right now. (laughs) She already read like, I mean, most ones we've read on here, she's already read. And I was like, I haven't read any other books that are like. I'm telling everyone to read. Like when I read Educated, I literally was like, everyone that I know must read this book tomorrow. It's so good. I still stand by that. It's so good. And like Where the Crawdads Sing, oh, and I just need another really good book like that. I need a can't put it down, can't stop thinking about it, can't stop telling my friends about it book. So, you know, just send me those recs because, and I'm starting a couple of new books right now. I am going to read try to read that hospital book in the morning um i'm gonna read salt houses i think i already talked about that book on here obviously transcendent kingdom and then i'm gonna finish girl woman other which i'm just like dragging i feel like i'm not yeah like it's fine every time i read it i'm like this is good but i never want to like pick it up or like really think about it when i'm not reading it we talked about this off the pod believe it or not we do speak we are friends (laughs) <laughs> outside of this hour but Sweet. that book is hard because it's just a short every chapter is like a short story and when it's a short story or like a book of essays I feel the same way it's like I finish one and I'm like done <laughs> and then you have to like mm-hmm. get, work your way up to like okay what character are we learning about now where are we going from here which can be really tough I I am reading I Got Outlawed, which I'm reading. I know you've read. Oh, yeah. I own that. No, I've never read it. Oh. I own it. I read the first 40 pages and I couldn't get into it. And again, I was just like, I have other things I'd rather be doing. So I'm curious to hear what you think, if it's worth it. Guys, we love books, um, usually. <laughs> you what? I said we love books, usually. We've just been shitting on every single book for the past Wait, no, to be minutes. clear, I loved Good Neighbors. I love, like, I love the books we're reading here, but I read usually two books outside of Book Talk. I know, I know, I know. Those are I the know. ones that aren't impressing me. I'm just clarifying for the people here, okay? <laughs> we say just like, bye for the pod. Oh, oh, yeah, I'll say bye for the pod. <clears throat> bye. Bye. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. <laughs> So 
Book Talk is made by me, Erica Bailey, and Katie Cheney. With production support from Dan White, our theme music is by Dan White. We'll see you next week. Yeah, let's look it up. This is the podcast. This is the Googling podcast. <laughs> we are literally Googling everything. I have to look up on our Instagram, like every time I'm reading, what I'm reading to. <laughs> literally same. <laughs>